It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I'm um, I'm doing okay. My computer got um, unceremoniously updated. Um, I did not approve that. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, so things are a bit higgledy-piggledy, but... Um, I will persevere because I am a professional. All right. Just Not a professional podcaster, but I am a professional. <laughs> so there you just go. Keep, just keep on zooming on yeah. <laughs> no matter what. At least, at least Zoom is working. So there you go. It seems to be, but who knows what's going on. <laughs> Tell you what's going on tonight. <laughs> we're happy to welcome R&B artist Afros. Fresh off the release of her sophomore album, Roses, Toronto R&B neo-soul artist Afros is receiving exciting critical acclaim at home and across the globe. Black Entertainment Television premiered Afros' video for Roses to millions of people across their televised channel, socials, and website. She also appeared nationally on The Morning Show on SiriusXM, was featured in The Fader, and was selected as She Does the City's Artist of the Month. Her soaring three-octave range and stunning ability to honor the golden era of soul music while sounding modern are a testament to her unbelievable talent. Afros has opened for Chantal Kreviazic and Rain Maida and worked with Daniel Caesar, Lee Fields and The Expressions, Jenny Reyes and Char- Charlotte Day Wilson. Her latest album, Roses, unveils a musical treasure trove that bridges the sounds of yesterday and today. Welcome to Song Talk Radio, Afros. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show tonight. And uh, just to get started here, we're going to take a listen to Afros' song. It's called Weapons. And remember, folks, the lyric sheet is available on the website, songtalk.ca, so you can follow along and uh, follow along with the discussion. So let's hit it, Phil. Terrifying 
stuff thank you <laughs> you've, you've actually got a a, a co-write credit on on this song um your, your co-writer is adrian hogan yes you, yes you, can, can you talk a little bit about how the the collaboration worked between you and adrian so the song like the chords and the, the lyrics the melody um i wrote that uh in, in like 20 2020 and I collaborated with Adrian once I sort of like fleshed out the song because the um, the production trio that I normally work with, they're called Safe Spaceship Music. And um, they, you know, they're a trio of there's a bassist, a drummer, a sax player and a keyboardist. But I, I knew like I needed a different treatment for this song and I needed someone that was like very um piano savvy and so i brought this to adrian and we we worked out like things like the outro with the singers and the arrangements for that and and the little bit with the passing chord and so of course with his his he produced it as well um so he got a co-write credit on there. So Adrian Adrian was very monumental in sort of bringing the the vibe and the the spirit sort of to the song with and and in terms of the arrangement and how we were going to you know like we were going to we weren't going to put any like a lot of instruments on it. It was going to be mainly piano. There's some synth in there. There's strings obviously. Um and a lot of voices, and that's what made the song. And so a lot of those decisions kind of we collaborated with together. Yeah, it's nice. The um, Because the production is so sparse, it really does allow the emotions of the um, lyrics to come through. And it's so it's so easy these days because we do have unlimited tracks with unlimited instrumentation that you can just keep on pouring on stuff. And it's... It's hard to know when to stop, and and actually, it's very hard to do a minimalist one that doesn't sound 
empty too. Yeah. I mean, that was a especially challenging thing, I think, for this album, because a lot of these, a lot of the songs on the album is the opposite of what happens on Weapons. There's Weapons and another song called What You Don't See, which is very stripped. It's just guitar and vocal. Um, but the rest of the album is very, uh, like, full of sound and layers and layers and layers and layers of sound weapons is is very layered too but if we were to like it's it's like layered vocals and layered um strings and the strings was one person her name is jessica deutsch and she did the string arrangement for it uh and did the the tracking for it herself as well and played all the parts and and it came out sounding like this huge thing but you know, all together, it's like if we were to, to, it was, it was like, well, five person choir, myself, Adrian and Jessica. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. I mean, you know, we, we it is minimal in terms of like rhythmic stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? but, but it's, but it's certainly not minimal in terms of its, its width and its, and its, yeah. and its fullness, right? Because it does sound very rich with all the stacks upon stacks of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though there's only a few instruments. So, how about, so when, when you, so when you wrote the song originally, did you write it on piano or are you guitarist primarily or piano player primarily? I'm a, yeah, I'm a piano player and I, I, I would not tell myself as a, a very good one, but enough of, I know enough like uh theory and, and, you know, I trained when I was, when I was a little girl. Um, and, and so I, yeah, this was a lot of, a lot of my songs are written behind the piano. Now, a lot of the songs on the, on the Roses album is collaborative, as I said, with my production trio, uh, Safe Spaceship. So, but this song uh, in particular was written behind the piano. Was this, um, now do you start off with um, uh, a title or do you, um, start with music and then put the words to it. What is your actual process? I get asked this a lot, and I I, I can never give a great answer for it because it's it's all over the place. This song, in particular, came to me when I was I had just sort of given birth. I was like maybe three or four months postpartum uh, in, in twenty twenty. And there was a lot happening in the world at the time. The George Floyd murder happened and, and there were protests. And and I was like, I was just feeling so much of the weight of that and the sadness of that. And I was a new mom and dealing with all the stuff that comes with that. And we were in lockdown. It was in 2020. We were in lockdown and in a pandemic. And I was just so. I don't know. I felt so like raw and vulnerable and broken apart inside. And, and, you know, it was affecting my relationship with my, my partner, my husband as well. And so all of these things were just like permeating and in, in my brain. And, and I, I remember just sitting down at the, at the keyboard one night and I started playing these chords and I just remember it sounding like, because I grew up in the, church and so I I am familiar with a lot of like old hymns and you can kind of hear that in in like the progression 
with like the five, you know, the one five chord, like, and, and I just remember just like playing these chords um, and just, and then the words kind of came and I started singing and I, the idea for this song came pretty quick and I just remember writing it down. I remember voice memoing it and then I knew it was going to be a special song. I just had like a feeling about it. Um, and I remember playing, <laughs> playing it for my, for my husband as well. I was like, what do you think of this? Like, I don't know. And he was just like, this is so good. Like it's, uh, it's giving me chills. And I just think it was the progression and, and, uh, the progression came first in this, in this instance, then the words came, um, I, I found an old voice memo <laughs> of when I wrote it and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it up on my socials sometime in the future. Cause it's cool, you know, to go back and see what your process, your process was and where your mind was. And, uh, you know, there are some, some words and, and melodic things that I had originally in there and I took them out like, you know, when I go, it's always in the night, it's always when I'm trying, I'm trying to work it out. Like there were things that I had like ended the phrases with, but then I ended up taking them out at the end there. So it was, it's cool. Like I, I, I kind of go back and I'm like, oh, wow, that's not how I remember, you know, writing, but I guess that's what came out at the time. So yeah, that, that's my long-winded way of, of telling yeah. you how this song came to be. <laughs> yeah, like, were, were, were there a lot of, was, was it substantially different from your original voice Not memo? really. No, like, mm -hmm. the, the chorus, the uh, put down your weapons, how can I ever make you see, that, that was the chorus, like, I, that stayed in, like, a lot of it stayed in. I think mm -hmm. it was just, like, some lyrical things I... Either it was more, it was more out, tweaking. Yeah, that that got tweaked. Some melodic things, but it's mostly it's it's pretty close to what came out in that original um sitting down at the piano and writing. Um, is, is is that typical for you? Like uh your your final song is pretty close to your first draft, or oh, is it no. often the opposite? It's the opposite. <laughs> Usually it's opposite, okay. Yeah, it's the opposite. I think sometimes like like sometimes when I when I am writing at the at the keys and I think I I because I don't play any other instrument like I really want to learn to play the guitar I see you've got many guitars behind you there <laughs> he um, does I don't I, I, I'm actually a piano player myself oh I'm, cool I, yeah. I, I, I've tried to play guitar and failed <laughs> I know yeah. it's kind of, I, I'm not really sure why I can't wrap my head around guitar like it just seems so foreign to me like I'm so mm -hmm. used to this and this oh. so awkward and then yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah like a lot of the time I I'll I find that like like a song like weapons like you know it's gonna be that whereas some of my other songs I'll write them at the keys and then I'll take them to my friend Scott who's part of Safe Spaceship and because I, I tend to like kind of get boxed in when I'm at the piano sometimes and, and, um, and I need it to just, I need something to just kind of like 
like break it up. So I'll get, I'll give it to him. He'll like add a a beat on it. He plays bass and, and then it just takes off and it becomes something else. And sometimes like other parts get added. And, um, but for the most part, yeah, like it's kind it's a mixed bag. This, this album in particular is like, it's pretty experimental. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a mix between, my songs that I've like written at the keys and songs that I've collaborated with um, Safe Spaceship. Some of them, like I've just, I top lined it. Like I had no nothing to do with um, like the chord progressions and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Did you find that all the different ways that you, you do it, like, like especially the top lining thing, like is that harder, easier? Is it? or is it just different it's just a different way of approaching songwriting and it's not something i consider myself really good at there are there are songwriters that are so good at hearing a beat hearing a progression and just like coming up with things like i i do it and i think i do a decent job at it but like i find that i'm always it it it, t- it takes me a lot longer to kind of just like because I'm I'm writing to someone's ideas, whereas like when I'm writing for myself, I like the the options are limitless. Like I can kind of try different things. I can I can make it go certain places because I'm hearing it mm-hmm. in my head. Whereas like if I'm hearing it and I have to write to it, especially if it's like in the early stages of of production where it's just like a, it's a loop and doesn't go anywhere I'm like I need it to go somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. yeah 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 <laughs> I need it to yeah. go to a pre-chorus or a chorus like ah you know <laughs> and so um I do find it I, I find it challenging but I've, I I really enjoyed the process of of doing both things for this album because I think it yielded something that is interesting to listen to and it'll make the whole album more interesting because it's not just the one approach all the way through. There's actually variety. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always always a great a great thing to have, especially when when you've got a song like this that's kind of maybe saves a contrast to the rest of them, right? Very haunting and very slow and very spacious in those terms. And if the rest of them are kind of upbeat and <laughs> more and more rhythmically charged, then yeah, uh, they're they're pretty. <laughs> I'm a mid tempo gal, you know. Okay. <laughs> A lot of my stuff is uh, pretty mid-tempo, like not a, not a terrible amount of ballads, but, you know, there are a few up-tempo, there's like maybe three up-tempo songs in total on, on the album. And coincidentally, like the, the one of them was released, one of the up-tempo ones was the second single that I released. It's called Yaya. And um, that one just seemed to do, like it took off and it, it's doing its thing and it and it was the one that was like the most like I don't know jokes like we were just like joking around like fooling around in the <laughs> studio and, and uh that was a that was one that I top lined like uh, you know I, and I was just kind of being silly and and it's the one that seems to like people really love but <laughs> so you yeah. just never know <laughs> Yeah, that is yeah. so, so true. A, you you often yeah. hear bands, you know, they're they're behind, sometimes it's a, it's a song they like the least, which is um, like apparently um, 
was Radiohead hate always hated Creep. And that was their big hit. And they've had yeah, to that exactly. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mariah Carey hated like hates Hero. And like that's like one yeah. of her yeah, you, know. you never know. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, maybe know. because they get a request at all the time and they have to play it at every single That's... show and <laughs> get a lot sick of it. I think I heard the story with Mariah. I think I heard it was, a, you know, when she was with Sony and, and Tommy Mottola and she needed to write, um, like, for her new album. She just, like, was just like, oh, okay, whatever, like, penning this, like, cheesy song or whatever. And then it ended up being this huge... <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't particularly love it. You know? Yeah, it's always it, yeah. It, often it's it's the one you never expect. I mean, because we are we, we've heard we've heard songwriters who even have had hit, quote unquote hit songs. They were never trying to write a hit song. They just it just happened to be the right time, right place, right lyric, right melody, yeah, right vibe, whatever. And just you just happen to get lucky, right? Yeah, and and that's like kind of like I mean I can't bring myself to write in a like, oh, I need this to be like a hit. Like, I, I can't, I know that there's like, there is some magic formula, but I, I is just- there though? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I Can you let like us know I, what it is when you find out? <laughs> you just don't know. You just don't know. And, and so like, I, you know, I'm never really trying to be a top 40s, like kind of uh, artist. I've kind of made peace with that. I'm like, I'm not really that, you know, if that ever happens, cool. But like, that's not the goal for me as, as an artist, as a songwriter. So I finally was just like, I'm going to just write whatever I'm feeling in the moment, whatever vibe and energy I'm, I'm feeling. If it's a ballad, it's a ballad. Like if it's something silly and quirky and uptempo, it's going to be that. Like I, don't have a um I don't really have a system mm-hmm. I also don't have like a lot of discipline with <laughs> songwriting I go through these like ebbs and flows of creativity mm-hmm. so I'll write a whole bunch and I'm like in the zone and then crickets for like a couple months are you um collaborating with a lot of people or do you sort of work with a small group or I, I tend to work with a small a small group, as I said, with uh, Safe Spaceship Music guys, and and um, I want to like in the future, like I think with some of the songs off of this new album, I want to get a couple of them remixed. So I want to work with a you know a new producer just to see what that's like. I you know want to do a little bit more co-writing with other singer songwriters. I find that hard to do um like co-writing with other singer songwriters like I I don't know I I get like nervous <laughs> when it comes to that I've, I've always found that it's like a good idea to if you're going to collaborate collaborate with someone who has different strengths than you like I'm I'm a piano player I'm not a strong singer I'm not necessarily a strong lyricist or anything like that I'm, I'm good at coming up with like cool, interesting chord progressions and stuff like that. So I'll work with someone who's a good singer, a good lyricist, maybe a guitar player. Right? Yeah. So we can, we can bring different elements together. If we're if you're if you're stepping on each other's toes because you're trying to do the same type of thing together. I mean, that's not to say that that, that can't work. I mean, you know, tell Paul McCartney and John Lennon that. Right. <laughs> it's also it's also a skill that does take yeah. time to uh, develop and 
the only way you can develop that skill is by doing it. And you you have to, but it it can be tough, you know, if, um, especially if there's like a, if someone's like a lot more experienced or a lot more successful, sometimes it's hard to actually, you know, if someone's a, a huge success and you have a different idea, they sort of disagree with you and you go, well, I guess I'll go with you because you're, you know, you're the expert, but it can be, it can be a tough thing, you know, yeah, that imbalance sure. definitely exists. Yeah, I, it's something I want to explore more just because I've been so used to my little creative bubble with like the people that I normally create with. Mm-hmm. That's really safe for me. Um but yeah, like I'm I'm all about like especially with this year and this this album coming out, I I'm wanting to open myself up to more collaborative experiences with other other artists and other um like I had a friend that's a, a really awesome singer-songwriter reach out to me um to ask uh, if if I wanted to do a co-write se- session with her and I was just like uh, uh Okay, so, <laughs> so we're gonna do it. Yeah, and and yeah. so you know, throwing myself in there and and um and seeing you know what happens. Yeah, and that's all, that's all you can do, right? And, and that's the nice thing too. Just get into the space and just try it and, and see. And sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. You know, you know, you never, you never know. I, I wanted to ask you something. I wanted to ask you about you something very specific. And this is, I hate to make generalizations, but I do notice this with more. Um, R&B and soul type of music. There's this little thing. And this, this came up on the podcast a few a few months ago with, a, with actually a, like a more of a folky singer songwriter. So I don't want to say it's restricted to one genre. But there's this little thing called melisma. Uh, yes. And the definition for melisma for listeners who don't know, I'm just going to read this off of the off of the Wikipedia uh, page, is the singing of a single syllable of text while moving between several different notes in succession. And as as we were playing back your song, I was like going through the lyric sheet and highlighting the word every time you did a little a little melisma and a me. <laughs> Can't say you're sorry, <laughs> right? And you you dance around that note. And you know back you know back in the old and old and olden days in the Baroque days, they would refer to that as like an ornamentation if it was an instrumental right. thing. We just you know play in one note at the end of a phrase or even in the middle of a phrase. You're just like dancing around i just want to know from you like how how conscious is that and how are you really deliberate about that or do you just kind of do what feels right i do like i very much do what feels right in the moment i'm kind of the worst when it comes to like sticking to something that uh, that is tried and true like it's something that i i admire and that about myself but also annoys me greatly because it's hard for me to like sing the same passage the same way twice like I always find new pathways of like exploring melody Mm -hmm. um and and in terms of like the melismas or the riffs or however you want to call it um I don't I don't generally tend to premeditate them like I, I I get into like a habit of like okay like I guess I'm gonna sing it this way but I might just switch it up like in the moment I might do a take where I do it different or I don't do anything at all or I you know like it's it's very much much instinctual and like 
how I approach them. Um, I'm a, I'm a vocal teacher as well. And, and this is something that gets brought up a lot with like, you know, aspiring songwriters and singers and, and, and they're like, how do you do like, what, like, do I have to plan my, my riffs? Like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, it depends on, on how comfortable you are like in the moment with just like, what comes out like are you happy with it? sometimes like singers need to plan those out because their brain works that way and they're like I know I'm gonna sing this passage like this and this is how it's gonna be and then other singers are just like more experimental so I think it's like it's very different from singer to singer mm-hmm. for myself like I don't really think about it that much but now that I've tracked it that way and I've heard it like you know played a million times like when I go to sing it I t- I'll probably stick more or less to what I did on the record but then again I might not I don't know <laughs> that's, yeah it's one that's of those how things, I am yeah that's one of those things even for me as a, as a from a listener perspective now that I know what it's called I I tend to hear it more or more or more sort of conscious of it right and I, and I can go both ways like you say like you're more you're more conscious of it so it's 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 always a thing and I suppose too too for a song like Weapons where there is a lot of space there's more sort of opportunity to do it if you're if you got a more rhythmically intense song where the lines are kind of folding into each other, maybe there's not so much opportunity to extend a vowel and and play with it a little bit, right? Like yeah. The song too. Yeah, this song this song has been like it's pretty. There is a lot of space, but I find that I like I guess where I put those melismas in, like I, I I'm like okay, that's what it's gonna be like. I don't want to mess around with it too, too much. Mm-hmm. It's also like kind of a, a hard song to sing, <laughs> which is like, so, you know, does that happen to you? Like with songs that you write, like there, there are certain songs on, on this album that I'm like, like singing them live. It's so hard. Like I have to change the key of one of my songs because the recorded key is like way too high to do live. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, stuff like that, where I'm just like, yeah. what the heck? Like, why did I do that to myself? I'm like, it sounds good on the record, but like on like to recreate it live, it's it's challenging. And this song is hard. It's a hard one to sing. I originally wrote it higher mm. than the key. I can't remember what key we ended on, what it ended up being in. I think it's in B. I, I don't know. I would have to go look at my chart. Um, but I remember writing it like a tone or a, a minor third higher. And mm. so when I brought it to Adrian, like he was just like, uh, let's try it here. Let's try it here. And then we, you know, it was significant. Like it felt significantly lower in the key that we settled on. And so like, I remember I had to kind of like retrain my, brain and and my voice like because it everything was now resonating differently than where I had initially wrote it um so yeah it's it's like the song was an an interesting process in that way yeah yeah I mean that that's that's not unusual I think Phil can attest to this too he's been he's been more he's been more of a band person than, than me I'm in a band now but he used to be in a lot of bands where they well, yeah, they would. They would. They, they, they would. You guys would decide just to do it in a different key one night because singer couldn't maybe hit it. Oh right? yeah, yeah. We had a singer that would change every time we played. We played in a different key, 
for one time live at the Opera House in Toronto. We started playing, and it sounded like we were torturing Cat because I was playing in B, and the keyboardist was playing, I think, in C sharp, and um, I think the bassist was playing in like F. And if we couldn't actually, you, normally with good musicians, you can figure out where, what's gone wrong and then fix it. If we were so off, we actually had to stop because mm-hmm. we just could not figure out what was going on because he just kept on, well, let's try it at a half tone higher, half tone lower. And, oh, God. You know, it's just. <laughs> That's a nightmare. You got to decide before you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, then, you, then you forget, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I played in a band once um, and and the bass player was also a singer as well in the band. So you do some leads. Um, he's a phenomenal musician, but like just depending on, you know, whether or not he ate like a burrito that night and like where, like how full his tummy was after like dinner, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that dictated like what key we would end up doing things in and I just thought it was like the funniest thing ever. But you know what happens? Like, yeah, the song that I'm talking about that I, I I'm like, I'm not going to sing it in the original key live is um, a song called good love where it's just, it's just up there. And so I think we, for live, I've low, I've lowered it a half tone and it's a little bit better. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of uh, this YouTuber named uh, David Bannon. We've, we've, putting him on, on our webpage a couple of times. And so he's, he's a piano player, um, young British guy who does a lot of music theory videos and analyzing Beatles songs and stuff like that. And, and last week he actually did a, um, <clears throat> did a video on like, it was, a, it was like 17 or 27, whatever, uh, tips for live musicians. And he says, me as a keyboardist playing in various bands and many, many songs and stuff like that. He says, get used to not using the transpose button on your keyboard. Do not use the transpose button because you may do it to make something easier. So you're just playing the white keys or whatever in, in one song. But then by the time the next song comes along, you forget that you turned oh, it on yeah. and you forget that you're actually two steps up. And then it really messes everything up. So it's like, just just yeah. get, just, just just play it in different keys. You're OK. Yeah, just, <laughs> just learn it. Just learn your keys. Learn to play everything in every key. Yeah. I always tell that to my students, too, because I'm just like. In the like sort of real, I'm sure people use transpose buttons on, in gigging and stuff like that. So, and there's no no shame in that, okay? No, no. But like in a playing environment, like a, with a band, like that's just gonna you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> that's <laughs> you gotta like you gotta just learn all your keys and and you know most songs are not that like especially with popular styles of music, it's not that hard to just like you know, relearn. Now, if, if people are changing keys, like on the spot, like, like, you know, what happened at the opera house, then yeah. that's, that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> then you just call it jazz. <laughs> yeah. Free jazz. <laughs> free jazz. You know, I was wondering about, um, we talked about that. Um, what is Marisma? Melisma. Melisma. Yeah. Do you think that is an influence of world music? Um, that is a good question. I think that that's done a lot in Indian music. Um, yeah, like Indian vocalists, they'll go, uh, like, uh, you know, like ragas. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. A lot of well, well, that's I don't know. That's a little different, maybe because it's it's more like sliding between 
notes in between phrases. I don't know. Maybe. maybe it's yeah. Frame, yeah. But... No, no. I agree. Cause I think like the tonality is different too. Right. With Eastern mm. music. I, um, but like, I think with regard to soul R and B, like, I think that it just comes from like gospel and blues mm-hmm. and that's, you know, like a lot of those melismas, they're riffs off the blues scale. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just the blues scale, and and it's just fast notes, and and so once you learn the blues scale, you can you can riff. Although it does take like a fair amount of like vocal agility to make them really clean, yeah, um, and fast. Um, but it, I I think personally, it comes from for for myself, like it comes from listening a lot like gospel music, and gospel tends to to go into the melisma, um avenues a lot mm. yeah because i mean like, like i said i don't like to generalize but like rockers don't do that <laughs> rock yeah. vocalists they don't do that yeah. <laughs> they go yeah, straight through very... every single note <laughs> i don't know if i'd uh, uh, i don't know if i'd admit i agree with that but uh, well i mean again i'm generalizing yeah yeah I'm sure there are some that do and i'm sure there are some r&b gospel singers who don't use it at all yeah <laughs> Well, I think like with rock too, like there is like there is that like, some blues influence there too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it depends on like the singer. I'm trying to think of like like some rock voices that do it in a. I don't know. Like, there's like you know, maybe not like to the extent of say a gospel singer but like someone like a chris cornell like who has like mm-hmm. there's like raspiness and like there, you know he, he can sing like he could be like he had such great chops and i don't know there's stuff that he does vocally that i think borrows from, from yeah for sure oh for sure yeah very very zeppelin inspired too the way hmm, yeah robert plant inspired but um yeah and then i always notice um i'm not, I'm not a huge fan of shot eight but shot eight doesn't do it a lot. She's, she no. sings everything pretty she's, straight. She's yeah. amazing. And she, yeah. you know, she's incredible. Singing yeah, her, her, tone, right? but, yeah. her tone is like, oh. really, it's just and like. Yeah. She also wrote and produced all that stuff too. So right. I mean, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, she's yeah. a very talented person. So yeah. what's, uh, what's coming up next uh, for you? Well, uh, I really want to play more shows this year in promotion and support of the album because I released the album in, in October of 2023, so kind of late in the year. So, um, yeah, the plans are to to play play some shows. Currently trying to um, get some shows out in, in the UK side just because mm. the album's been received really well out there and... and and in the European market. So just want to get out there and, and bring Afros to, to the world, you know? <laughs> nice. Excellent. Okay, I think I'm here in the band, so that um, is all the time we have on Song Talk Radio. Special thanks to Afros. Great having you on the show. Mm-hmm. And um, where can the listeners hear more of your music? Um, on all the, the streaming platforms, on Spotify, Apple Music, Teaser. <laughs> My name is spelled A P H R O S E. And yeah, you can find me online. Awesome. And we'll put links to your stuff on our show post on songtalk.ca. 
for sure. And uh, we want to hear from you, so please send your comments on Facebook or Instagram to at songtalkradio, or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes, and subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. You can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on Song Talk Radio on our resources page that's on the website. And please join us at our next monthly Song Talk meetup. Whether you're in Toronto for our in-person meetups or anywhere in the world for our online meetups, it's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmody.com. You can follow Phil. philemory.ca. And Afros, what's your favorite social media channel? Uh, Instagram. So Instagram. at Afros Music. Afros Music, awesome. And uh, be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in and keep, keep on, on writing. writing. Good night, everyone.